So today, we're joined by Andy, our Senior Customer Strategy Advisor, who will be discussing strategic engagement. Um, so just sharing a little bit, about a month ago, we had our annual tech fair where you spoke about strategic engagement. So I was hoping you would start with just a little level set. What are we, for people who didn't attend that session, what are we talking about today? Absolutely. No, strategic engagement, uh, probably the closest analogy you can make that uh, uh, potentially maybe other partners uh, offer is virtual CIO. So it's a very similar type of service uh, and type of advice and consulting uh, as that uh, uh, virtual CIO type service. At CIT, we call it strategic engagement because it's a little bit different flavor, uh, even though some of the deliverables might end up being the same. Uh, what we try to do at CIT with strategic engagement, and it's a... Um, service that's only available to our managed services customers. So if you have any questions about, uh, about it and you want to know more, please reach out to an account manager uh, to get more information about for your company. But what we're trying to do is help the um, help our customers plan uh, and look ahead for, for a couple of things. One, for general IT budgeting, because one of the biggest headaches, uh, especially management and C-level tend to have is something breaks and now you got to hand over a check for a really large sum of money that you weren't planning on. So not just being there as a, as a sales resource because our customers already have a sales contact with CIT, but trying to be that strategic person that can help them look a year, three, five years down the road. And not only look at things like hardware, because obviously those hardware tend to have a little bit of a predictable cycle. You know about how long a laptop is going to last. You know about how long a server, a firewall, those types of things are going to last. So those are relatively simple, but also making sure we get those things on the radar, but also start talking about other things um, as people mature in their um, their journey as far as uh, mitigating risk, which is one of the other things we try to help our customers do, is bring that, that risk level down as, as low as we possibly can. Can we get it to zero? Probably not. There's always going to be some factor of risk in there. Uh, and, and it may just be a thing where a customer has budget concerns. You know, we'd, we'd love to do uh, these things that you're recommending, Andy, but we can't do them all next year. So we got we to gotta help them identify, okay, well, let's just pick off this one first and go from there and really trying to help them get a plan for if we want to get from point A to point B on that maturity level uh, and reducing risk, how do we help them do that? So they can plan it out, uh, they can see it on a, on a, on a spreadsheet or, or some type of planning tool uh, and feel comfortable that we're, we're not just trying to you know, send our, our, our flavor of the month at them and have them buy it, but really look at what, what can benefit their program. What does it mean and where does it all fit in the landscape? As I'm sure if you've, uh, many of you have heard some of the uh, podcasts that our cybersecurity team does, there are a lot of tools out there. So one of the challenges for that team and our team is letting customers know where does this stuff all fit in the landscape? And we might not necessarily have the answer as a, um, a customer strategy advisor, but bringing in that subject matter expert could really help them get the feel for where does this fit? Because we have this tool and that tool and, and do all those sorts of things. One of the other things we do as part of strategic engagement is really be that advocate for the customer. If there's any type of um, service issue or a thing that they need help with, we're there to advocate internally at CIT on their behalf to make sure that they get resolution, that the customers are, are having a good experience with CIT. Uh, and if there's any type of issue that we stay on top of it and help it get resolved as soon as possible. So those that's primarily uh, kind of in a nutshell what, what, what strategic engagement is doing. So we're, we're helping with planning, we're trying to mitigate risk, and we're also being an advocate for the customer. I love it. That's, that's, I feel like you answered a lot of my questions, <laughs> which is so great. Um, I'm still going to pose them to you because we got some audience questions from our tech fair. So I just want to thank those listening who sent those in. Uh, and the first one is sort of, so we talked about strategic engagement, which seems like this huge umbrella of all these different things. 
what really makes that different than like a traditional, you know, um, approach that other companies are doing? Sure. A lot of times that that uh, virtual CIO tends to be um, a third party. Uh, so some customers, sometimes they offer it. And it's so it's kind of a fine line that we have to walk is that we're trying to be a consultant and an advisor for our customers. But at the same time, they're a customer of us. They're already, you know, are we mm-hmm. going to recommend our own solutions? Well, sure. Is, is it the fox watching the hen house? You can look, you can look at it that way, you know, so, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to give them honest advice and not just be a salesperson to them. We really want to try to give them good advice on where they're going and what the right tools are um, and, and really try to be that, that, um, that advocate and that advisor, a trusted advisor for them, really just um, not just someone they can, you know, go get a third party consultant and, you know, come in and and, and do that stuff for them. We're, we're trying to really get that partnership with our customers um, to help them advocate for, for whatever their needs are and help them reduce that risk. For sure. So when you um, sit down and, and talk to these companies or these meetings sort of start rolling, what are those common challenges that you're seeing a lot of companies or businesses bring to the table? No, great, great question. So short term, what we're seeing a lot of is uh, is budgeting. Uh, there are some customers kind of have some little bit of trepidation. They're not really sure what's coming just as far as the economy in general in, in 2024. So uh, trying to be sensitive to that. Uh, even though their uh, customer may have some some glaring needs or some glaring gaps, uh, some some risk items that that really are are, are front and center, uh, but they may be worried about budgeting. They don't want to extend too far, um, that type of thing. They really want to uh, do right by themselves too. So one of the that one of the challenges we are facing is is getting um, customers to adopt things that they that they need or can help them reduce risk, be more secure, whatever uh, those things are. Uh, but because of some of that uncertainty that they that they they feel they see, uh, some of those things can can kind of move slow. And that's and that's common. And so it kind of ties back to what we were talking about before about you know budget tends to be a concern. Well, budget's always a concern, regardless of yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know the economy. People, you know, money it makes it makes a difference. We got to be conscious of that and paying attention to it. But just in particular, uh, the normal cycles of the economy, you know, that's ups, it's downs, and people are worried that there's going to be a, a big one potentially next year. So do we know what's going to happen? Of course, and I can't see in the future, but uh, we try to be be sensitive to that. And even when we're recommending things, you know, we can say, well, okay, even if we're looking at this not necessarily for next year, let's at least get it on the roadmap for that following year. Or if something changes next year, perhaps we can move that up from a 2025 item to a, a late in the year 2024 item. We can be flexible that way. So uh, that's probably the, the most common challenge they face. One of the other ones is uh, getting pushback from their uh, their decision makers. Uh, we may have a decision maker on our regular calls with us. Uh, we, we hope that we do, uh, it, but it depends on the, the the type of meeting it is. If we're just doing a regular meeting to make sure we're staying on top of any potential service items, you may not have a decision maker. You may have someone who's uh, uh, who IT falls under their purview, and that's a normal thing. When you get to a, maybe a monthly talk, you, you same type of thing. We could be handling operational things, uh, checking in on projects, uh, but we may do and be be looking at other items that are strategic. When we get to our regular strategic business reviews where we're taking that bigger picture and really trying to plan ahead, we really hope to have the decision makers in there because one of the common feedback we get is that uh, our, our primary contact is going to say, you know, I really think we need to do this, but I, I'm really having trouble getting that approved, you know, on that that C level above me. And, and and part of it sometimes is just education, um, stating the case and really, uh, as we were talking about in the previous question, how do all these tools fit into the landscape? Andy, you're just, you're just sending me, you know, the next product my way. 
no, we're really looking at trying to, to do right by you and get the right fit for you um, based on your environment, the size of uh, organization you are. So that's probably one of the biggest challenges is getting that adoption um, and overcoming some of those uh, barriers like, you know, something as simple as MFA. Oh, gosh, my users won't go for it. It's such a change for them. It's like, well, yeah, that it will be a change for them. But, you know, the last thing we want to do is, heaven forbid, have some type of incident uh, because someone was just stubborn that they couldn't change their process, right? And, you know, we, we all know what happens when uh, for customers that don't have MFA and what the type of things that can happen as we read about in the news. So it's getting that adoption, uh, getting uh, customers who are saying, you know, we know we need this. We're going to move forward with it. We're going to help our, our users educate them on what that process change is, if there is one, uh, so that way that transition or whatever that new tool is or the, or the right fit is, it's a little bit easier transition than just dropping something on them. So. You kind of um, led into one of my, you know, future questions when you're talking about reviews, you know, we mm -hmm. hope to have these, you know, X, Y, and Z sitting at the table. And we did have a specific questions about who should be at that review. You mm -hmm. know, how often is that review happening? Are techs, should IT admin be there? Should C-level be there? Could you go into a little bit more detail about sure. that specifically? Absolutely. When we, when we, so when we have our, our regular calls, our weekly, a, a monthly, something like that. We don't necessarily have to have the, the top end decision makers, your C-level, your president, CFOs. We don't have to. Uh, if they want to be involved, they're more than welcome to. But we really want them whenever possible to be a part of those strategic business reviews. Um, and should we have tech people in there as well? Absolutely. Um, and the reason for that is, you know, I could talk to a customer and say, you know, this is really something we highly recommend. Uh, it is a, a definitely a need for your organization. They might, the first thing they'll do is turn to their trusted technology person within the company and say, you know, what do you think of this stuff that CIT is telling me? And he or she might say, yep, I, I'm, I'm in a complete agreement with it, or yes, but here are some challenges we'll face. Uh, or they, they might, you know, sure, could they say, no, I don't think we need that right now, but we should put that on the roadmap for you know next quarter, next year, whatever it might be. So it is really important um, um, to, to have those people involved because otherwise, if they're your day-to-day -day contact, the last thing you want to do is feel like you're just jumping right over them, that they're not important. Like they're all, it's everyone's part of the process. Uh, both this, the team at CIT, we want to have the right technical people when it when it's appropriate in those meetings. Same thing with the customer. We want the technical people there involved when it makes when it's uh, when it's appropriate, just to make sure that if there are any questions about how something fits in their environment, uh, that they can talk to their trusted advisor, whether it's a CIT person or someone internal to their organization. So um, that's that, that's kind of my thoughts on that. We mm -hmm. what, some of our best relationships with customers tend to be when there is some type of internal IT presence there. Doesn't necessarily need to be someone the level of an IT director, an IT manager. Could be simply someone who's a uh, a desktop support specialist or, or a, a subject matter subject matter expert on the core app that the company uses um, because they're going to know more about it than we will. We, we might we might be mm -hmm. familiar with it on a, on a high level, but this person really knows how it works within their organization. So it's great to have that partnership too. So we all want to make sure that we include them uh, in those re reviews when it's appropriate. Definitely. That's awesome. Um, so one last question, then I'll kind of open mm -hmm. it up if, you, sure. if there's anything else you want to share. Um, we had an audience question about what are kind of the biggest trends or what are the biggest kind of uh, like focus that's happening out there? And my second part to that mm -hmm. is what should be the focus? So what right. trends and focus are you seeing and then what should they be focusing on? 
Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the same, different. I don't know. <laughs> they they kind of tend to go in, and part of it's yeah, part of it is is tied to risk. So some of the the trends we're seeing is people moving to the cloud, and and, yeah. and why is that a trend? Well, part of it's that it allows them to not necessarily worry as much about um, their an, an on-premise infrastructure. They might maintain some type of small footprint, um, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, but part of it is when it's on premise, then you got to worry about making sure that it gets updated, maintained. If it if it if it goes down or uh, your power goes out in your building, and yeah, the UPS helped you power it down safely, but a physical person has to go and and go turn it back on or or address it or put hands on it. And if you don't have that internal staff, you're calling someone like CIT to come in and give you a hand with that, which we're more than happy to do. But when that stuff is in the cloud, you've got those providers like a, a Microsoft. Who has that, you know, that 99.999 type of uptime. So you feel more confident that, okay, if something goes down, it, it's better chance that it's going to be that somebody that our it's our internet that went down. That's why we can't get to the cloud. That uh, maybe they're doing construction and a line got cut, or you know, my local internet provider is having some type of hiccup right now. So it's just that confidence of knowing that um, it's it's one less thing for for people to worry about, and it's more of a, a monthly recurring type expenditure rather than that capital expenditure, knowing that, okay, every X number of years when a server goes end of life or my host, my virtual host is getting old, I got to fork out a whole bunch of money. Well, if it's mm-hmm. something that's in the cloud, I just know that I have this monthly service that's a little bit more predictable and maybe can even scale. My custom, my company is getting bigger and I need to increase that. Okay, now I can actually just add that in a sense on the fly uh, and, and, and still have it be this monthly expense rather than, oh, I got to buy another virtual host and I got to buy more servers and now I got to have three hosts so now I have to have a SAN to have that shared storage and and all those kind of things so it's it makes things a little bit more scalable a little bit more uh, peace of mind um, so that's kind of the trend and and should that be the trend absolutely I mean there are there there certainly are cases where you might want to keep something on premise um, depending on the, on the nature of your business but yes moving things to the cloud where it makes sense it should absolutely be that be uh, be one of those trends um, others being and I'm sure some of the the uh, cybersecurity team at CIT has talked about this too. Things like zero trust and things like um, kind of getting rid of that traditional uh, Active Directory, because those are the types of things that have been those most commonly uh, targeted things by by threat actors, right? Once I get in, I can start moving laterally. I can get credentials. Well, if we implement a solution where, yes, I know you're on the same domain as me, but I'm just not going to trust you. So that way, it keeps anything from moving across the network, um, and we're we're moving to those more secure. Uh, type solutions too. So things that are cloud-based, things that kind of move away from that traditional uh, Active Directory type solution. Um, and of course, keeping things like MFA um, in the mix there too. We always want to have that. Usually usually the biggest ones are just making sure that you've got MFA and you've got some type of backup. Those are the two big ones that I'm sure you've heard you know, Todd, our, our COO and Nate, our Director of Cybersecurity talking about left, right, and center. And they're, and they're right because those are the most simple things that can help you if heaven forbid there is some type of well, one, it could protect you from an incident, but if something were to happen, that's the best way for you to get back up and running in the shortest amount of time is just having those those things in place. And then, of course, you start to build from there as you get more mature down the road. So those those are the trends and those really should be the trends. Um, but of course, is that going to change? Who knows? Maybe next year there's some new thing that the threat actors are targeting and we have to be flexible and, and really you know find out what that next solution is for people um, because it's changing. It's like I kind of liken it to, to buying a car. As soon as you buy the newest model, it's you know within... <laughs> Within a couple of years, it's obsolete and nobody makes it anymore. And now there's this new one that's got all the new tools. And, and IT can really be that, that same way too. 
what's the most, you know, the biggest thing now might not be the biggest thing in three years. And as soon as you find a way to, to block threat actors, they're figuring in a way to, to try to get around it. So it's it's just, it's that constant being on the forefront and and and, and reevaluating and reevaluating and looking ahead and see what's going on out there that, um, that, that helps people stay ahead of it. And that's one of the things we can help with uh, at CIT, whether you have strategic engagement on your account specifically or not, but um, those are the things that we can help with. Definitely. I love it. This is, thank you so much for joining us. This is so interesting because you've said so many things that we have heard before, mm -hmm. but in um, a different way, like you're looking at the playing field as a whole. So I mm -hmm. love listening to you kind of talk about how all the, these pieces fit together. Um, so thank you again for joining us today. Sure. Happy to do it. Um, if you liked this podcast, please like, subscribe. If you have a question or you'd like to get in contact with Andy, please reach out to us at info at cit-net.com or head out to our website, cit-net.com slash podcast. And we'll be back next week with an all new episode.